0: Welcome back to the Conversations with Jeff Bucknam podcast. I am Jeff Bucknam, your host and the podcast's namesake. I'm pretty impressed by that, aren't you, Jeff Thompson? Jeff Thompson is with me. He's the he's the campus pastor of uh, the Chicago Cathedral. Can you tell me how impressed you are that my name is in the title of this podcast?
1: Well, I think since you came up with it, it kind of makes sense that you gave yourself
0: the name. <laughs> well, they were thinking about other names, but I was like, why would you go away from the moneymaker? Yeah. Right.
1: Well, and just (laughs) call it what it is. (laughs) So people know what to expect. They know what they're
0: getting into. They do. (laughs) So why am I here? Carl, it is good to see you. (laughs)
2: It's not conversations with
0: Jeff and Carl. Um, We are, we are at a new, uh, a new room. We were used, we used to be in another room in uh, the the Elgin campus of our church in uh, Elgin, Elgin, Illinois. And now we are in uh, Rolling Meadows or as the people around here call it smoldering ghettos
2: actually only one person says
0: that. only one person well, says one person. that yeah. but he's an uh, important person i'm new and that's what it was called yeah anyway listen jt you finished the you finished the uh series on money this week i did and you preached on what
1: i preached on 1st timothy 6 uh, 17 through 19
0: okay yeah give me a summary of your sermon i'm sa- asking that for people who didn't hear it
1: and anyone who may have yeah. not or it. people
0: who don't remember it because they were asleep.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's very possible. It's just fine. Um, yeah, I think, so at the end of 1 uh, Timothy, Paul gives these uh, instructions to Timothy, and it's really just this beautiful little summary. It's got like a whole bunch in there um, about what kind of Paul wrapping all of this up. He talks a little earlier in the chapter about um, some issues with finances, and he kind of wraps it up there, like these instructions for those of us who have resources at our fingertips
0: yeah it's an interesting passage in that it it does it 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 is basically paul's answer to the question hey what should we say to the rich people in our congregation right it starts with those words
1: yeah and i think that you know one thing that i began with for those who were asleep uh, um is (laughs) you know like globally everyone in this country really fits into that category of people who have means really paul's word there for rich is anyone who's not using the majority of their life just to survive. And so, because we're not walking for water, we're not trying to figure out where our food comes from. um, And even though there's a a broad spectrum um, of people, even in our church, who would have more resources than and some less, uh, we all pretty much fit into that category of the rich. And so these instructions really are for all of us. Yeah,
0: we tend to want to use that title for other people who have just a little bit more. Right. right? I'm not rich. The one, the one percenters. Yeah, yeah for but sure.
2: if you put that globally, it's pretty much most of America. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, but it's, he does this beautiful
1: thing, too, where he's playing on even um, the word rich. The rich in this present age, he talks about the uncertainty of riches, but God is rich and also he uses the word treasure. So mm-hmm. it's all these beautiful word pictures that he uses to help us really see what is, what is the Lord instructing us about
0: our wealth. So here the passage says, As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. I have a question about this passage. Uh, So if I go to Luke chapter 18, I will read a story about a guy who gave away a bunch of his money. Oh, sorry, didn't give away a bunch of his right. money because yep. he was commanded by Jesus, go give it to the poor, come follow me. And then I go to Luke 19 and I read a story about uh, Zacchaeus where he gives away half of his money in response to Jesus. And then I get to this, the, the, this epistle, this, this passage, yep. and Paul does not mention giving away big chunks of your money in this passage. Right. What am I to make of that? In fact, he says kind of the opposite. Richly provides right. us with everything to enjoy.
1: Yes, yeah, so I think that the principle and the command to all of us is uh, what Paul says here: to be generous and ready to share. And that is sort of, I think, the the bottom line for everybody: that we're to have this attitude. Um, you know, Corinthians nine that talks about. Um, our, God loves a cheerful giver that we've talked about in this series as well. So God's, I think, primary de- desire for us is for us to have that spirit of, I guess what I would call like a radical generosity. And that's really for everybody. Um, and then I think what we see in that is, you know, Jesus is speaking to some specific people about like with the, the rich ruler. He, he tells him to do that. And that's a specific command to him. I don't think that that's necessarily for all of us that we should well, all he, give away.
0: He had a specific issue, and his issue exactly. was that he was he 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 thought of himself as righteous, right, according to the law. And Jesus is like, all right, put it, let's put it to the test. Yeah. And so I
1: I genuinely think for some people, maybe even who are listening, like, yes, maybe you should give away half of what you have. I it,
0: would say that if you have if if you feel like. Uh, you can't part with your money. Right. I would say give away a bunch of it. Right.
1: Absolutely. I think, uh, I don't have it in front of me, and I can't remember, but I think Psalm 60 verse 12, I believe, uh, I quoted it in the sermon, where it says, if riches increase, do not set your heart upon them. And I think that that is far more what the Lord's um, desire for all of us is that none of these things would grip our hearts in the way that the Lord is to. And so... For some people, yes, that radical generosity and maybe even up to half of your um, wealth, like that is the thing that can can um, sort of tear the riches from us and change our hearts. Those right. actions are, are maybe needed for some people, but I don't think that, that that's a command necessarily that, for everybody.
0: That would be at one end of a spectrum of response. Are you cool with that? Yeah, that's fine. I mean, like when I say radical, I don't see anywhere else in Scripture that you should sell everything you have, give it to the poor, right. right, and come follow me. Like, yeah, okay. So that is a command to this particular guy. Clearly, it's a command to somebody, yes, whose heart is tied to his wealth and ultimately also who, uh, who puts his hope, and by that I mean like his hope for salvation in yeah. his righteousness, yeah, and which is proven by God's favor and his wealth. Yeah. So if you're in that camp, I would can encourage you to very much think deeply about how much your money controls you. And one of the quick ways for you to get rid of that control is by giving it away. Yeah. Um, But that's one end of the spectrum. The, the base end of the spectrum, like of a Christian, what what should Christians do with their money at the basic level? Is it generous? Is that what you'd say? General, be generous and ready to share. I would. Yeah. And I would say in that,
1: especially what we, see from uh, previous passages too that we should have joyful cheerful generosity that it shouldn't be like oh fine I'll just give it away because I'm supposed to because the other thing you know we you, know, you preached on Zacchaeus and while he wasn't specifically commanded to do what he did with his finances uh, he's commended for what he did yeah you know it's it's seen as a positive example for us so so i would say that the person who's so cheerful and joyful in their generosity that they want to go to that extreme, even when it's maybe not commanded for them. I, it, it is for sure something that, that is pleasing to the
0: Lord. Yeah. And, and even I would say that there's a, there's a sense in which I, I still can't get over the idea that in the scriptures, there seems to be a sense in which God is saying, uh, try me. Right. When oh, it yeah. comes to this, like, try yeah. me, I know how much your heart is drawn to money. But if you're willing to try me, when it comes to the trust that you place in me, it's probably not going to go exactly how you have planned. But I will provide more than you could ever imagine in ways that you could never imagine. Yeah. So he is inviting us all into a journey of faith. uh, That you know, (laughs) take as much. I mean, how do I say that? (laughs) Take as much of uh, as you want. God's like, you know, the the the, I'm sorry. The whole ice cream bar is amazing. Right. Uh, You're just nibbling at it right now. Just take a bigger bite. And see what happens. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Ah, maybe that's a bad image. But. Well, you,
2: no, you're getting sense. at the fact that the the Lord's bigger than just the, the tool that He actually oh, created God. for us to use as a as a, a mechanism to display more grace and to and to be actually used for our, for a benefit. When you when you exchange the created thing for the Creator Himself, and you fully buy into the entirety of who the Lord is, you you don't worry about what he can and can't provide because he's right. already
0: providing it as a a good father would c s Lewis had a great that 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 classic saying um I can't remember which book of it of his it comes from but he said that um, we tend to think that we are uh, we think that we are uh man his point is we're far too easily yeah we we're, yeah. we're far too easily right. pleased right. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem with Christians is that our appetites aren't too big; they're not big enough. Yeah, yeah. that we get satisfied with what he what he says, making mud pies in right. a slum. Right, that's because it. we don't know what's meant by a holiday there's... at the sea. Right. Yeah, and I, that's always. I think that's what I'm trying to say when it comes to the, the the issue of money is that God's saying, you know, you could use this tool to know me, right? And I am yep. the greatest treasure that you could ever possibly have. And you, if you knew me, you would never worry about any of this stuff ever again. Yeah. But all you're doing is sitting in there with the mud pies, with the little stuff that I provide and holding yep. on so tightly to it that you're not actually experiencing all that you could experience with this. Yeah. I just feel
1: like so much is... Um so much is tied up in in that and is tied up in the fact that like god's desire is for us to trust him in it and to step out by faith and because we would look at our finances and be like man if i give away half of it what am i how am i going to survive or what does that look like or i might not be able to live the way i wanted to and in all of it i think is is just that you know I think is perfect. Carl, I think you came up with the title, like on the money, that idea of like in God, we trust that, that's what all of it is about. And he's putting it in our hands, both our financial resources and our time and our opportunities and who we are and everything we've been entrusted with. It's all like, you know, when the son of man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Yeah.
0: And, and it's, are we really going to trust the Lord? Through yeah. Okay, so here's what I'd like to do with the three of us here, and so what I'd like to do is is go around, and each one of us is going to give a statement that we think summarizes something the Bible says about money, that you can basically write down on your mirror and say, this is a biblical truth, a theological fact, based upon the series that we just went through. Kind of as a summation, we're not going to get to all of them, but I just want three of them, and then then we're going to go around, and I'm going to do a, another another round another question. So JT, I'm going to you first. What is it? Yeah. What is something that you would say the Bible says this about money? Um, yeah,
1: I mean, gosh, there's tons. I, I guess I would say it. it's a stewardship from the Lord, from the master. And our job is to steward that well. Talk me through that. Well, you preached on the parable of the talents, um, you know, which I, I, I think it's talking about all of our opportunities, not just our finances, but I, it's clear that the master will hold us accountable yep. for what has been entrusted to us. And that the expectation is that we would be using it, not necessarily to get more money, but be using it for his purposes because we're the servant and we're the steward of his resources. Our actions should be that um, that mimics what the master would do. It's it's what he would do with the money. That's what I'm supposed to do with
0: it. Right, and in that parable, these. there's uh, the idea that he in, he'll entrust to those who yeah. sh- are faithful in this more. So there is yeah. a, hey, you're going to give, and then you're going to get, and then you're going to give. Right. Um, that's a good one. Uh, mine is, I think your, I think the Bible teaches that it, that how you use your money and possessions says an enormous amount about your spiritual condition. mm and that I, I I actually think that there are a few things in Scripture that are windows through which you can see the reality of people's faith. One of them, according to James, is the way you talk, right? Use see yep. to your tongue. Uh, real true religion is this: it you know it cares for widows and orphans in their distress, and keeps oneself unstained from the world. So there's a couple more. Yep. I think money is one of them. I actually think that the reason James brings up money. When he talks about faith and works, is because for him he's like, yeah, this is this is an obvious way for us to see. If your brother or sister is in need and you don't see that and give it to him, uh, I think it says that the gospel hasn't found root in you, um, which is kind of a scary thought. But there are a lot of people who I think have deceived themselves into believing that they're true Christians, and because and and they're going to stand for God, and He's going to say, I. I didn't know you. Yeah. And I think one of the ways that you can know that ahead of time, I don't care about your professions. I really, I mean, it's fine you want to profess faith in Jesus. I want to know if that faith has actually reached the point that, that it's done something to the way you give yeah. or the way that you spend or the way you think about your money and, and possessions. I want mm-hmm. to, I want it to have done something like it did to Zacchaeus or the sinful woman who comes in and spends mm-hmm. all of her ointment all, all over Jesus. Yep. You know, I, I want to see that kind of outcome. I want it to be like Lydia, who shows uh, hospitality the moment that she comes to faith. Like I got all this stuff, how do I use it now yeah. to help help you? It's like it's almost an immediate thing for her that she feels like she's got to share. Or the women who paid for Jesus as he was traveling all around, and they were like, "Yeah, we're, we'll take care of it." Like these these this is a mark of genuine disciples. Acts chapter what is it four? He, mm-hmm. that, you know, they're sharing everything they had in the early church. And guys mm-hmm. like Barnabas are selling their land and bringing it to the apostles' feet. Like, the, I get it. These were recorded because they were remarkable. But I don't think that the effect that, that the gospel has on the way you spend your money and save, and, I, I don't think that that should be remarkable. Yeah. I think that should be basic. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Paul said to the Corinthians, uh, may, maybe... Maybe see if you're the you're of the faith, <laughs> Do you know. Maybe, maybe maybe the issue is that you're not a genuine believer in Jesus. Maybe you know. And if you maybe if you profess faith in Jesus, and the answer then is ultimately, man, you you just need to have the gospel hit you mm-hmm. on a level. That if you understand the grace, you know, it, the grace then you show in your giving should not really be a big deal. It's actually a joy and a cheer. Yeah.
2: Yep. All right, Carl. Uh, Mine would actually kind of bring those maybe two together. Um, Picking up on verse 18, um, be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share. The the generosity piece about it, I can't get out of my mind in terms of how scriptural it is to just to be generous, to be rich in good works, to think of money as a, a way to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And to do it in a way that is countercultural, in such a way that it's like, I'm freely and joyfully giving of this to the benefit of others. It truly does break down um, any idolatry that something like money uh, could put in in your life. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's, well, it's all throughout the Bible, right? Be rich in good works. We talked about Luke 12. Yeah. You, you preached on that as well. Titus talks about it. Paul writes to the Romans in Romans 12, I think it's verse 13, about being ready to share, contributing to the needs of others. This is how the body works together, especially generosity inside the body of Christ, hands and feet working together. There is such a great unification that happens when money is not the object of our um, affection, but it is the tool used to objectify and glorify the the Lord and unify the body of Christ as well. That entirety is entirely countercultural to the me, my, and selfishness of of our current generation.
0: Yeah, there's that word koinonia in the scriptures that we translate fellowship. It's kind of weak, our translation. You know, fellowship's when you have like little cakes and coffee. Come to the fellowship hour. It's so
2: much deeper than that. Well,
0: koinonia was, basically, it was a a love for the other. It was a full inclusion and it was, it basically, I mean, it worked itself out. Most of the context is about money. It's, it's, I'm willing to share with you the deepest things that the most important things about me and the most important things that I have. So that's, that's what a Christian does. We, we are koinonia Right. And, uh, when you come across somebody who has really taken that to heart, it is life giving. <laughs> yeah. They're like it, they they are amazing people, yeah. but they shouldn't. That's my point, though. Is they should they should, they should it, be just normal, right? It should right. happen more. We often We should just with more be people. like, no, yeah. they're just Christian people, <laughs>
1: yeah, right?
2: But the context of the passage you preach to in in um, Timothy six and Acts two, where you're bringing up Koinonia specifically amongst the believers, is inside the church. It's in yep. the it's a it's it's a warning actually against false teaching and what the church is supposed to look like as a as a countercultural, as a difference to the to the rest of the world. And there is refuge in that. There is a, a refreshing um laying down when people come in and they're like, I'm not keeping up with the Joneses anymore. I don't have to do that in this environment. This is now a community of people who share and give and are ready to share. And if I don't have, you know, I have people who've got me yeah. and I don't have to keep up with Yep. My neighbor who's just bought a new car and now I feel less than him. Yep. That's not who the church is. It's nope. quite the opposite. I bought a new car. You should use it. Mm-hmm. It's not for me. It's for you. Or yep. I have yep. an extra home. You should live in it while I'm not there. It's yep. okay. Yep. These are awesome things that the Bible talks about as a way to separate the church from the rest of the world and shine yep. the light of Christ.
0: Okay. So here's my, here's the, here, what we're going to do last year is we're going to go around. There's three of us again. And JT, you're going to start by telling us, I want an application. So we've, we've got six weeks. We, I want an application. These can be relatively quick, but somebody's listening saying, All right, I've been through your six week haranguing about money and whatever. <laughs> what, where do we come at the end?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, kind of going off of that, um, a practical thing would be look for a specific and practical way that you can be radically generous to someone else. And it should be a way that is uncomfortable to you. That's good. If it's not uncomfortable, then it's not, that's not a radical. Cause people are going to
0: ask the question. They are in real practicality. We've brought this up before. How much, mm. how much, and my, my response usually is well enough to make you squirm a little. Yeah.
1: And you- I, I love the other thing that you say a lot that I think is super helpful is you say, how much is the gospel worth to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's a good, like a good test for us. Like, because it should shouldn't be some finances shouldn't be something that grip our heart and it, if i'm so unable or unwilling to do that then maybe it has my heart too much and it'd be really good to give that away
0: right or something that your yeah. accountant would look at on your taxes and say yeah are you sure <laughs> yes they the <laughs> or, world should look at it and say that doesn't actually make sense no and the government might ask questions ask mm-hmm. for proof yeah do you know what i mean cuz they're 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 like what well, this is not i mean everybody doesn't Give away money like that. Yeah. Um, Carl, you got one?
2: Yeah, I do. Actually, it's kind of along those lines. I would say if you're struggling with um, your stuff, so along the lines of generosity, like go, I'm going to take that step further. Sell something. Sell something that you own, that you, whether you need it or not, just pick something of value, sell it, and direct those proceeds to somebody else. Don't reinvest them for yourself. Give Give them to somebody else. Figure Figure out and and show that in your in your family, lead your maybe lead a friend or a family in that way, and then watch see what the Lord does with that. I leaned over to my wife when you were preaching. I don't remember actually. You you were testing everybody about you know you can't outgive God, and I kind of leaned over to my wife. I'm like, that'd be fun to try. Let's see if we can outgive God, and let's just see what happens. Like what blessing comes mm-hmm. back on. Yep. So sell some stuff and give to the poor. Try it. Sell your so you, you
0: basically yeah. <laughs> exactly what the, at the end of the rich fool, right. Farible. It's like, yeah, sell your possessions, give to the poor, store up treasure for yourself in heaven. Look, we all
2: have way more than we actually need. It's a, yeah. it's okay to I like fasting every once in a while. It's okay to go without. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I would just challenge our people, sell some stuff and see what happens. Yep.
0: Yeah. You know, at the, at the end of the day, uh, I, I think my, my application is, my application is be aware of the opportunities that lay in front of you for you to demonstrate koinonia, gospel sharing, and ask the Lord uh, to show them to you. because a lot, and by that, I mean, you know there are there are missionaries who need money right now mm-hmm. to to do their mission work. You know, the church can use money. the the um the poor, the ministries in the city of Chicago. I know church planters through Chicago partnership who need money to plant churches. I know there, there are, it's not just through the organizations. there are people, brothers and sisters in in Jesus who we know who are having a difficult moment who we could bless with whether it's money or the use of a car or the use of a house or something that we have that would be a listen it would be a sacrifice to us. Mm-hmm. But I'm quite sure that the Holy Spirit has something in right in front of you right now yep. that even while I'm talking right now, you're thinking, yeah. I think it's weird that the Holy Spirit brought that thing in front of me this last little while. Do that thing. Do that thing with a big old grin on your face. It says, I believe in Jesus. And uh, just like it says on the money, uh, we trust in God. Yep. Okay, this has been fun. Uh, Back to normal programming sometime soon. But I like talking about (laughs) sermons and all sorts of stuff like this. Our next sermon series, just so you know, for those of you who are are around at at Harvest, we're going to be talking about Elijah, which is going to be a crazy good times. Ravens feeding people. Oh, it's so much fun. Yeah, like... Baal getting Baal. It handed yeah the showdown to him. on Mount Carmel oh <laughs> guy running off to the middle of nowhere and standing on a mountain and moping to God it's good yeah. times yeah. Elijah had a quite a life yeah so we're gonna look forward to seeing what we can learn about uh, faith and life and who God is through the story of Elijah so look forward to seeing you on the weekends and uh, we'll be back next time see ya.